1: Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're here every night, six until seven throughout the summer. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me tonight is Gordon DL. Yeah,
2: it's a beautiful day outside, Alison. I think everyone's enjoying it, but the news is all about hearts tonight. And Budge says no to George uh, Gillette about investment. Mm-hmm. Clubs are saying no to Anne Budge about reconstruction. Hamilton are on GMTV. Made it today, <laughs> famous about their new tunnel. Livingston obviously getting the votes in about their third choice goalkeeper and the fantastic news tonight for me is no Mark Wilson and no quiz
1: Brilliant and have you got your golf um, tee off time Gordon has been standing here <laughs> phone attached to his hand going what's happening what's happening you're desperate to get on that golf I course th- I, tomorrow aren't you Yeah
2: I think everybody has the weather's so good and the tee time opened at 6 o'clock and just pressed the time there so hopefully I'll get a game tomorrow sometime
1: And are you comfortable he's not very happy I've put the desk down he's used to Gordon being here and yeah. I'm a little bit shorter.
2: Yeah, we're nearly on the ground Alison I'm actually nearly sitting down so uh, you need to get the high heels on I think
1: Remember you can give us a call one four one nine five one one zero two five. plenty to discuss tonight and later on the show we'll be joined live by Celtic assistant John Kennedy as well. But let's start with Anne Budge and she says that the SPFL's voting system is not fit for purpose and feels that the board may step in if clubs vote against a reconstruction plans. Well those plans are set to be discussed by all clubs next week.
3: We all know what the issues are with the voting system in Scottish football. Um, we We could be in a situation where we've got let's say four however many of the lower league clubs voting against this and stopping it going through. But then a week later we basically say league one, league two, can't play this season. Does that make sense to you? Because it certainly doesn't to me. So we, we as I've said before, we could always end up, also end up in a situation where, um, and this won't happen, I know this won't happen, but you could have 40 clubs saying, yes, you know, let's go down this route. And two clubs can stop you. You know, the, the, the voting system... It's not fit for purpose, as far as I'm concerned.
1: We know about the voting system, Gordon. Mm -hmm. These plans from Anne Budge for the 14-14-14 for two seasons will be put to clubs next week. It's the clubs that have to vote. It's 75%, but she needs 11 of the 12 top-flight clubs to back the proposals.
2: Yeah, and I think, just listening to her there, Alison, I think she's got an idea that she's not going to get that. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's really desperate to keep hearts in the top league, and quite rightly so. She's looking after her club, but... Everyone else is the same. And uh, I think reconstruction will be a no-no. I don't think there's enough out there that's willing to go down the road of 14-14-14 for two seasons and then obviously really big threats of relegation after that. So I think clubs like Ann Budge will be looking after their own interests and I'll be very Mm -hmm. surprised if she gets this through. It is. A
1: strange voting system in some senses. People might look at it and think, well, you know, the chances of getting many things through are quite low. But for her to say that the board may step in, they can't step in and overrule what the clubs vote for. They are there to take the club's advice.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's the clubs that decide what is going to happen going forward, Alison. Um, I think we're just in a mess just now. Uh, Obviously, through no fault of our own. I just think we have to go with it. Unfortunately for Hearts, I think they will be relegated. I feel, I've said for day one, I really feel sorry for Party Thistle, but it's just the way things are just now. Uh, you can't start putting in, you know, new, new ideas to go forward. You're looking at 14, 14, 14, people are not happy with it. You're looking at two years of, um, you know, this proposal. And in two years' time, then there's a lot of relegation problems out there. Mm. So the so the clubs, are the, the lower six clubs in the Premier League, if you're a chairman and an owner of the, those clubs just now, you'd be sitting there thinking, well, we're going to divvy the prize money up as well. And plus the fact we put ourselves in a position where it's harder to stay in the Premier League in two years' time.
1: And more meaningless games more as mean- well.
2: Yes, but... Once again, it's all about Anne Budge doing the best for her club. But unfortunately for Anne Budge, there's other people out there, chief execs and chairmen and owners of clubs that are doing the best for their clubs.
1: Fulgert chairman Gary Deans has some interesting comments on this as well. He's in favour of reconstruction as well. He thinks that the SPFL should devise a league structure involving only clubs which volunteer as willing and able to play next season.
2: Well that's a big problem If we don't have reconstruction I think I'm right in saying this Alison That you've then got to play the 36 games Now all the way down the leagues There's teams that might not be here next season That's a problem You don't know how many teams that you're dealing with Uh, So that'll be interesting to see what happens over the coming months Because clubs out there just now are financially struggling And they don't know how long they can last So to start then going about reconstruction and 14, 14 we don't know how many teams we've, we're going to yeah. have I think we've just got to keep it the way it is just now unfortunately for those clubs that are being relegated because I'm one I don't like to see Hearts go down I think Hearts have brought so much with their stadium their support they're a big big club they're one of the biggest clubs in Scotland but they're there in merit they're down they're the, the bottom of the league at this moment in time they've won four games or something uh, so they've only got themselves really to blame in that and I don't see a lot of sympathy out there for Budge and Budge Hearts just now it could change over the weekend mm-hmm. but just now I don't fancy getting that vote through
1: it's a hard one as well when you go down the leagues because you know the likes of Falkirk and Partick Thistle are saying if they don't play this season if they don't play the full season they face going to the wall but oh. if you then take other clubs that are part time they face going to the wall To the wall If they do have to play Behind closed doors Because testing alone Is going to cost them Say £4,000 a week
2: Yeah they can't afford it It's Mm. as simple as that And this is where Just now we're talking About reconstruction We don't know how many clubs Is going to be In existence When we start back Unfortunately And that's the big problem That I think Scottish football Faces in the months ahead Alison And uh, I I do feel Sorry for clubs Uh, Clubs You're talking about The Betfred Cup That was going to be The sort of a the kickstart mm-hmm. to everything, play behind closed doors. But the smaller clubs, they can't they, they can't afford to do that because they're then paying players wages and they're getting no income unless it's streamed through a TV or a, a bit of advertising or a bit of sponsorship getting in there. So there's a lot of thinking to be done here and obviously there's a lot of worried chairman out there.
1: And you did touch on it earlier, Hearts rejecting a takeover approach from Foster Gillette, the son of former Liverpool owner George Gillette. The Colorado businessman does insist that no formal offer has been made, but they did approach Anne Budge through a third party last week with a view to buying a controlling interest in the club, but. It looks like Ann Budge has rejected that. She's committed to handing control of Hearts over to the club supporters group, the yeah. Foundation of Hearts.
2: Yeah, she's always said that. My apologies. I actually says George and Sadie Foster. You didn't correct me, Alison. <laughs> uh, but it's been a lovely day, so uh, maybe the sun's got to me on that one. But it'll be interesting. Ann Budge is, is committed to the club. She's She made a plan for the club years ago when she took over. And I think she'll stick by that. Her mm-hmm. biggest job and her biggest responsibility just now for everyone concerned at heart is one, save jobs as much as she possibly can and try her very best to keep them in the top league, which I think will be very difficult.
1: 01419511025 is the number you need. And Alec in Parkhead's giving us a call. Hello, Alec.
2: Hi, Alison. Hi,
4: Gordon. Hello. Hi, Alec. Uh, just, just firstly, did you see the report that Gordon Strachan done the other
2: day? Uh, yes, I did. Sorry. Yes. Where do you think it, Gordon? Um, I can see where he's coming from, but I think he's a little bit unfair in some of the, the lower clubs. Uh, but I can see his point of view. Um, you know, I don't think he was belittling them. He was just saying, look, you've got to find your own level. Um, what do you bring to the party? What are you looking for? How can, you know, the elite clubs go and, you know, try and save smaller clubs? And I, I totally understand that. But then the, the other side of it is the argument that, you know, the chairman's from Stenhousemuir Muir and, and Elgin and teams like that are coming out and saying, Well, look, that's a community club, we help, you know, young players come through as well. Um, you know, it means a lot to the town. So there's there's two different sides to the argument. I know that Gordon was very, very harsh on the clubs, but I can understand where he's coming from. But it doesn't mean it'd say that he's right.
1: For anyone that didn't see, it, it was Gordon Strachan was talking about the number of part time teams still yeah. in the league, and he thinks that's holding back the Scottish game.
2: Yeah, well, what he was, what I think, he, what I think he was trying to get over. Alison, was there's a place for the part time teams, mm-hmm. you know, but he doesn't seem to think it's in the the level of. Where the elite teams are the championship and the premier premier teams, but you've got to look at these. Like say, for instance, the Premier League teams loan a lot of players out, and yeah. it suits them. Then you know when these smaller clubs give them the platform to get them fit, get them match game, you know, get them up to speed with everything, uh, educate them a bit more, rather than just playing under twenty one development squads. So there's, you know, there's an argument for both sides of it. I can certainly understand where Gordon's coming from and I can also understand that, you know, if you're a smaller club, you'd be looking at that thinking, that's not very fair in what you're saying.
1: I like John's come back in.
4: Uh, yeah, just like uh, the points that I was looking to make, you know, mm. I've been listening to Ann Budge the, the news broke that, you know, that Selic won a league and they're going to be getting relegated. they obviously try to, save the skin of your club, you know what I mean? But, you know, the, the league doesn't lie and they've been ranked rotten, you know, they get got a couple of good results against Rangers. But really, off-season, you know, I mean, they're, they're done there for a reason. Uh, so, the same way, you know, they were look mere like getting relegated. Same way as like Celtic look mere like winning the league. You know what I mean?
2: See, Alec, uh, I, I've, got, a, Alec I've got to say, uh, you know, I've got sympathy with... Hearts, obviously, I've got sympathy with party concerns. Of course I have. Um, but you're right in a sense that Anne Budge, is, as much as she's been good for Hearts, has got to take a bit of responsibility for this. Our appointments, um, I think, were woeful. Uh, our decision-making with guys like Craig Levine and Austin McVie, you know, joint directors of football, was woeful, in my opinion. Uh, the team were underperforming. They were bottom of the league because of the fact they didn't win enough games. So I think Anne Budge has got to take a little bit of responsibility. But the one thing you've got to say, if you're a heart supporter, she is out there, she is fine, she Mm -hmm. is trying to save the club. Uh, But as I say, sometimes you've got to look in the mirror and take a bit of your own responsibility why you were down the bottom of the league.
1: Alec, you also had a point about Celtic's virtual season tickets. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it was obviously the reports a day that, you know, they're going
4: to have virtual season tickets. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that we've got a lot going on in the world and hopefully we're now trying to make small steps towards trying to get back to some normality. But, you know, the way it's looking, you know, there's going to be less and less fans inside the stadiums. And me just talking as a Celtic fan, you know, next season is a pivotal season for 10 in a row. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can get some vaccine or whatever to allow the fans in because, you know, I believe that Celtic will, will go in and clinch that 10. And it would be unfortunate that if there wasn't any vaccine or whatever, and there was maybe, say, you know, maybe about 10,000 in the stadium and, you know, t- to celebrate it. And, you know, a lot of people is going to miss it. So, I me, mean, I just hope that somewhere along the line, we can try and get because you know I'm missing football at mad so I'm I like never
2: like never a, a truer statement than the fans make the game. Mm-hmm. Uh We were all desperate to see a bit of football and I think most of us tuned into the German Bundesliga to watch some of that. Right. just to get a fix on the football and I've got to say, Alison, did I enjoy it. No, no I didn't. It's a, it's it like was a, dreadful. Absolutely, it's like dreadful. a reserve
1: game. There's not the the atmosphere makes it but on the flip side it's very difficult Mm -hmm. because what do you do to get the game back up and running we can't go back to 50,000 in a stadium
2: Yeah, totally understand and I think the fans are going to suffer in the coming months and that's a pity about it because I think players now realise the game is all about the supporters, the supporters Mm -hmm. make the game
1: Absolutely, Alex do you want to come back in? Yeah,
4: definitely, you know I watched some of the German football And there was a lot of games on, uh, game after, one game after another, but it's like watching a pre-season friendly. And, you know, if ever was a time, you know, I mean, I used to sit, maybe watch Celtic playing against Motherwell, maybe one each or whatever, Celtic maybe one one nil and it was a doer game. You know what, I would give my right horn to go and see a game like that again, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I think everybody's the same, Alec. I think we're all in the same boat. Uh, But as you said, it's tiny steps. Tenth of June, teams are looking to start back uh, doing a bit of training, which is positive. Uh I like the way Hamilton Aki's go about their business. Uh you know, they're right in there with that new tunnel and uh try to try to make things better and safer for the players. So, I'm sure every club's out there trying to do their very, very best to get the game back and get supporters back into the ground.
1: Thank you to Alec in Parkhead. This is Clyde One's Super Scoreboard. We'll speak to Celtic assistant John Kennedy after the travel with Stephen.
2: Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal
4: injury solicitors. Experienced players who know how to win. Talk to Thompson's.com.
1: Gordon DL here with me, Alison Conroy, through until 7 o'clock tonight on Clyde One Super Scoreboard and the grin on your face is unbelievable. You're so happy, aren't you? Um,
2: Over the moon, because I've managed to get a game of golf tomorrow. (laughs) How sad is that? It just shows you we've missed everything.
1: Ten past six tomorrow night, you'll be
2: there. I'll be there with my buggy, ready to go. go. Do
1: you think the form's dipped though?
2: The form never dips Alison. All oh, right. Okay. Class is permanent. You
1: can text me tomorrow and let me know how you got on. Well, let's go on to the lines, and I'm delighted to say that Celtic assistant John Kennedy joins us. Hello, John. Hi, Alison. How are you? I'm all right, yourself.
5: Yeah, good managing. Thanks.
1: How are you surviving this lockdown?
5: Um, it's been been big, di- big difference from what we used to, obviously. But uh, I suppose these must have been based at home. Obviously, young family as well, mm-hmm. so being. Spending more time with them than I'm, than I'm used to, but it's it's been good for a period. But I think we're all at a stage now where we'll, we we'll want to get going again and hopefully things will start to
2: to, to get moving. There's a wee bit of a lie in that, John. Uh, I passed you in my bike out running the other week there. <laughs> Sounds
4: like your stalker.
2: Yeah, uh, and let me tell you, I hope <laughs> your players come back a lot fitter than you. No, I was moving well, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you thought you'd escaped him now that you can't go to the gym, oh, but I'm he's thought... hunted you down.
2: Yeah, I've seen him. Yeah. i seen him. I know he's rooted. I'm he's uh, a, a friend that doesn't know Gordon
5: he mean Gordon I go to the local gym and he, he spends a lot of time looking in that mirror I'll tell you
1: <laughs> well do you know I go to the same gym and he actually took a video of me to send to the, all the super scoreboard guys to show that I was actually putting some sort of effort in I could have murdered
2: you encouragement <sighs> Encouragement. yes so.
1: anyway John obviously the fans are missing football but how much are you a Celtic coach that should job day in, day out, going up to Lennox Town, preparing for games, how much are you missing that?
5: Yeah, it's been a, a massive miss in terms of, you know, just your daily routine and, and what you're used to. Um, again, it's felt like an eternity since we were, we were together and training and playing games. So, it's been difficult, you know, in terms of, and not just for us, but for everyone, and, but, you know, and especially when you're used to putting so much time uh, on a daily basis mm-hmm. uh, and the work who you do and, and preparing for things you know now all of a sudden it just gets taken away and, and you've got to stay at home and, and kind of wait to see what develops so it's been a big change you know and for a period of there it was it was fine you know once you get time with the family and that's good you know but certainly you, you quickly then look at what's next and hopefully we can get back to training soon enough and then the game should follow thereafter so uh, we'll just wait in the bit of clearance for that.
1: Yeah, June the tenth is the date that was given potentially for you guys to return to training. I know that some measures are being put in place for when you can go back to training. You know, small groups, social distancing.
5: Yeah, yeah, and there'll, there'll also be a big change as well, especially to begin with. Uh, I think they're talking about you know possible groups of five, um, and again it'll be staggered times you train at. there will be social distancing involved in the training sessions. You know, a limited number of staff. will be. Testing twice a week, so there's there's a lot of things that we'll we'll have to follow in terms of to get to get back in the training ground. Um, you know, and then obviously hopefully we come through that and we'll move to the next stage. And then uh, as you've seen it developing in Germany and even England now, so we'll just have to go through that process. And you know, hopefully it takes us to to games eventually. Um, obviously, I think that looks like it's going to be with without fans, but. You know, I think we all want to get the fans back in the stadiums as quickly and as safely as possible as well.
2: Yeah, John, we were talking about that earlier before you come on. I think everybody wanted their fix with uh, the German football, the Bundesliga. Um, yeah. And obviously you're sitting there watching yourself. Uh, we've all played in the, those games. We've all managed those games. How would you feel actually starting the, the league campaign? Or would it just be a case of saying, look, we have to suck it up, we have to go, and we want to get back playing football? I think
5: I think we're going to have to suck up because I don't think we're going to have much of a choice. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, until until we're advised otherwise. I think the German stuff was good in terms of just getting football back you know, and, and giving you something to watch even as as a spectator. You know, but there is a difference. You can you can see that, you know, in terms of even the intensity of the game and the there's no emotion on it as such, you know. Football's about the fans and the emotion it brings and it just heightens the whole experience. You know, that that doesn't happen now, so Uh, It's good to watch in a way, but it's it's not the same, you know, so we'll have to, you know, for a period potentially ourselves suck it up, uh, just do it with the best we can, you know, but I know there's a lot of work, um, you know, from our end and elsewhere to to try and move things forward, you know, as safely and quickly as possible.
1: You spoke earlier about how training's going to be a bit different, smaller groups, social distancing. From a coaching point of view, how much are you maybe going to have to change things as well?
5: It's going to be challenging, initially. You know, we have already began to talk about that, you know, myself and, and Neil and the coaching staff in terms of how it might look. Uh, we'll have to come up with, you know, a number of plans uh, in terms of how we, we kind of hit them the way we want to, you know, but in a different way because, you know, they can't come into contact with each other. We can't do your normal possession drills and, and your games and everything else. So uh, we'll have to change it up. But again, we're not the only club. Everyone will be in the same same boat as us. So, you know, we'll, we'll support to... Uh, a number of contacts in, in England and in Germany and everybody else to see, you know, how they're handling it, what mm. they're doing, getting ideas from that. So, you know, we spoke to enough people to see how it's operating elsewhere and, you know, we'll put it on slant and that and try and, you know, introduce that as best we can at our place.
1: In terms of the the new season, obviously planning is already underway. How much do you think you need to strengthen your squad?
5: Uh, not massively. You know, I think every year we go in, especially that new season, we want to bring a couple of fresh faces in to, you know, just give us a lift. You know, try and strengthen the areas we think we can uh, improve, uh, and just help the help the team as such. Um, and again, that'll be no different this year. Uh, it'll be more challenging, I think, because again, we don't know the the state of the transfer market yet. We don't know when you know transfer market windows will run. So again, we're still waiting a lot of guidance on that. But you know, we have spent this time you know at home looking at you know potential players that could. Come in and improve the squad, and our scouts have been spending a lot of time uh, working, you know, from home on that as well. So, you know, there's a lot of dialogue with them. Uh, there's still a lot of planning in place in terms of what you know we could maybe do at some point, um, but we just have to wait and see how that that materializes. But you know, in terms of the squad, I think we're, we're in a good place. We've got a, a good group of players there, you know, who have uh, gelled well. You know, they're strong. Um, and even if we we had to go, but we, we we've got them, we'd be we'd be happy with that. But as always, you would like to, you know, add a, add a one or two more.
1: Is the other side of it trying to hold on to some of your players?
5: Yeah, it's again as I said, it's the same every year. You know, in terms of you want to bring a couple in, but at Celtic was always the, the challenge of you know other clubs coming in and, and, and bidding for your players and, and wanting to take them. And and that's you know in a way it's it's nice because you know you get a good group of players and you get players in there who. Out know, of value and, and their assets for the mm. club, you know. But you know, we're we're in a position now where, you know, we do have a good group. You know, there's a few really good young players in there. Um, we understand that they will be attracting interest, interest from elsewhere. But you know, we want to try and hold on to them because, you know, the, if we can keep this group together, they're only going to improve and get better.
1: You have that ninth league title. How much are you feeling the pressure going into this this tenth potentially season?
5: Um, Again, at our place, there's always pressure, you know, mm. regardless uh, what a club that you'd expected to win. You know, you got to win, you know, whether that's domestically or qualify for Europe, whatever it may be, but you know, it'll be no different. You know, we'll approach it in the same manner we do. Uh, and again, the, the media and, and the, the fans, they'll also be, you know, worked up in, in heightening that whole uh, exposure to the 10 in the row thing, but we've got to, you know, in-house try and keep a lid on that and, and focus on what's important for us, which will be you know how we perform, and that's the way we always work. You know, we uh, there's a lot of emotion in the game. You know, and it can and it can come inside sometimes, and you get carried away. But again, it's realising what's important to you, and that's you know how you work, how you train, and then
2: what you deliver on the pitch.
1: John, thanks so much for joining us. I'll maybe recommend that you change your running route though going yeah, forward. mate. Don't
2: we'll worry, I'll, like I'll, things I'll things find out. you, mate. I'll find you.
1: Either that would be on the golf <laughs> course <laughs> now, anyway, so yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> John, thanks okay. so much.
2: Thanks very much. Cheers, John. Thanks.
1: Celtic assistant John Kennedy joining us there. A few interesting points from him. I mean, coaching wise, you've been there, you've been a manager. You're used to coaching with that full group. you mm-hmm. have your plan in terms of preparing for the game at the weekend?
2: Yeah, interesting. Listening to John there, just uh, everybody thinks that you get into lockdown, Alison. These guys will be on Zoom and I just found out what that was uh, in the last couple of months. <laughs> and they'll be discussing tactics, they'll be discussing football, they'll be looking at the the German games, they'll be talking to their scouts, they'll be obviously looking at pre-season, they'll be planning their training. So as much as as much as much it's nice, as John says there, to have some time with the family, uh, they'll certainly be doing a lot of work behind mm-hmm. the scenes, you know, getting ready for hopefully for the 10th of June and then the new season kicking off, because there's a lot of work to be done close season people think that you just go on holiday and you lie on a beach that's not the case he's talking about their new uh, new transfer targets can he hold on to players we, we've seen today in the paper that Arsenal are linked with Edouard mm. you're going to get that because John yeah, Wright yeah this is when it starts when you've got good players that's a compliment you know some, some people think oh they're they're trying to sell you know our best players whatever it's not it's a compliment to your club that other teams and big teams in England want to come up and spend money and take your players. So if they're doing that, then they're obviously doing their job right.
1: But saying if they have to start the season, as they are, they're absolutely fine with that.
2: Well, I agree with that. I think they're a very strong squad. They've got uh, quality players in most positions. But I think John's right there when he says that every manager will tell you, Alison, the minute the season finishes, there's... You look at Rangers 7 going out the door, uh, maybe more. Celtic will be the same, players getting out the door. You want to freshen it up for a new season, for the first time you turn up at training, a new face, a new character, someone that's going to bring something different, a little bit of competition as well. So it's always nice, as 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 much as you're going along thinking we're playing very well, we're winning trophies, you know, we're scoring goals, we're top of the league, we got, we got the championship... Uh, rightly so, you always want to improve and that's why you'll see one or two fresh faces coming in at Celtic Park.
1: 0141 is the number and Bill and jordan Hills giving given us a call. Hello Bill. Hi
6: again. Um, I was on a wee bit earlier but this was just something that came into my mind the other day. Uh, I'll try get it off my chest as quickly as I can. It's a wee bit long-winded but I'll try and do it as quick as I can. Okay. Uh, a result of the, of the coronavirus many ..fears that they may not survive without spectators in football stadium until 2021. Mm -hmm. It's also been quoted that lower leagues do not provide enough youth players who go on to become players at a higher level. Surely time has come for a total rethink on promoting youth at a high level, and I think that would best be done by the bottom division being for youth only, using the existing clubs. Money would be saved as the youth would, in general, be paid through the government training schemes leaving the clubs to employ top-of-the-range coaches. Players could be recruited from the local areas and fans would be able to see boys performing at a good level with people of similar physical development. Players could then be sold and money would then help to continue local support. A limited number of recruits could initially come from the senior clubs to get started with, with a maximum of two from any one club and a total of four, which would then be reduced over time. There'd be no promotion and the bottom club each year would be involved in a playoff. If this had proved to be successful it could then be introduced to the division above.
1: Bill sought this through. Yeah, so, I, I saw so, it lost Bill so in So picking it there. up that the bottom tier should just be for youth players so mm-hmm. kind of your, your YTS yeah. players coming through to help Build them up so basically they're all of the same age group, so it's kind of like a, a youth league essentially. But then, how do players who are maybe nearing the end of their career mm. keep playing because they can't go down to the point where where some of them choose to go? Yeah, I, say, you,
2: I understand. There are
1: positives in it, but
2: yeah, I understand the the, the point Bill's trying to make about youths. I, I I disagree with that. Players should be the Baltimore League playing amongst their sort of a eight. Own age group, Alison I think that I go back to the olden days And I know it's completely different now I learned my trade Playing in the reserves with Rangers Playing alongside some Terrific footballers International footballers And the experience you get from that Is incredible People talk about youth I think the modern day game Nowadays Especially with the financial situation mm-hmm. If you're good enough It doesn't matter what age you are You'll get an opportunity Because Because Clubs want to bring through youth Clubs want to play youth They want to progress them They want to sell them That's what keeps clubs going So I just think that everybody's talking about Well, youths Plus the fact you're talking about uh, The top tier The top tier do put young players out To the lower division clubs to give them experience and help them. You can go back to a lot of players that have been out and loan that have come back and it's helped them further their career. Yeah. So as much as Bill has thought it through and there's great ideas in there, um, I don't just want to go down the, the route of let's look at everything for use. If you're good enough nowadays in the modern day football, you will get an opportunity at a club. You look at Motherwell, for instance, the amount of young kids that they brought through. Hamilton Nakis have been the same. Yeah. That's in the top flight, Alison, mm-hmm. given opportunity. So I think there are a, a pathway there for the youth. Bill,
1: do you agree with what Gordon said? Uh, in part, I think the main thing that I
6: was trying to get over was the fact that the teams at the bottom end of the league have been told there's unlikely of, to have fans in before 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, they don't have any finance and they may have to go to the wall. By employing the system I'm talking about, they wouldn't have any money outgoing apart from a
1: coach. Well, you've still got players under contract, though, so you can't just get rid of all the players that have you got a you two would or 3 You'd
6: need to say that there's a total, a total change, you know. But um, employment law
1: would, law would suggest you can't just say to someone you've got a three-year deal, off you go. you go.
2: And plus the fact you have the uptake of the stadium you have, mm-hmm. the, you have other people working in the stadium behind the scenes as well Alison, That's has got to be paid I totally understand Bill's point of view Because I yeah. am a bit worried about the smaller clubs And starting behind closed doors If there's no revenue Now you're thinking back Every team now I think in Scotland Have got a sort of a TV avenue you know, whether it's Breaking, Breaking TV, whether it's Albion Rovers, whatever it may be. I don't know if it's just a case of trying to get through. The hard months of trying to say, well, with look, a bit of a subscription. Yeah, yeah, try and supporters. Have a look at the supporters just now. They've been absolutely fantastic to clubs, especially when the season finished early. A lot of supporters have said to their clubs, we don't want a refund and our season tickets because we want to help the club. We want to make sure the club's there. We want to make sure that we can go back and support the club. So I think that as much as it wouldn't be the greatest watch in the world, uh, breaking, playing Albion Rovers, mm-hmm. and I hope Mark's listening to I this... I would take it right now to go exactly, and watch it. Exactly. You would pay, a, say, a fiver, Alison. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, it would be enough to generate, enough to keep them going, but at least it would try and help them.
1: Well, you've got a sense at the moment, they have to test players if they're playing, so that's, four, say, £4,000 a week. Exactly. You've then got the wages, you've got physios, you've got the manager, you've got coaches. So that with no one coming through the turnstiles yes some fans might choose to buy season tickets but you've also got just the ones that turn up on the day
2: yeah and you've got a little bit of hospitality there that helps as well Alison so I I think it is going to be really difficult times ahead for the lower division clubs of that there's no doubt Uh, the bigger clubs will try and look after themselves quite rightly so but I really fear uh, in the coming months for some of these clubs I think that by the time we start The real season again with crowds getting back in. I think we may lose one or two teams.
1: This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen.
3: Super Scoreboard
2: with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Helping you return to action. Talk to com.
1: Clyde One Super Scoreboard with me, Alison Conroy and Gordon Dale. Gordon, this show's absolutely flying in tonight.
2: Yeah, it's always the same, Alison. Uh, The one hour shows are always very, very quick. enjoy them.
1: Yeah, plenty to, to cram in tonight. Now, I want to talk about Hamilton Aki You touched on it at the start yes. of the show. They're leading the way with some technology to stop the spread of COVID-19. Now, they've installed thermal cameras. They did that a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. They've now got a decontamination tunnel that is kind of just before you go out the tunnel onto the pitch. It's the brainchild of Darren Cross, who runs his physio business from the stadium, and also local businessman Paul Donnelly, who I spoke to a little bit earlier
2: the players and staff will walk into the
5: into the tunnel they'll rotate within the tunnel for about 15 to 16
2: seconds the hypochlorous acid will then uh, settle on clothing and on skin um, and if you research hypochlorous acid you know it is a highly biocidal uh, chemistry which happens to be non-toxic. It's actually produced in the human body uh, when white blood cells are fighting infection. Different concentrations but the chemistry is is very powerful and so the idea being that if we put more measures in place uh, we significantly reduce
5: the risk.
1: So the players, the staff, your TV crews, everything walk through this fine mist of diluted acid kills Virus on your clothes, on your skin Obviously it doesn't mm. kill kill the virus completely But it minimises the risk Cost wise It's about £2,500 to install And £50 a month to run
2: Yeah, you've got to say All credit to Hamilton Aquis First of all Sitting this morning with my cup of coffee And the come on GMT <laughs> Fantastic Alan Maitland there uh, flying the flag for the Akies. I, I, I like Aki's as a club. They they really are a community club. They try their best. They they, they think outside the box, Alison. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, they're just trying to make sure that their players come back safer. Uh they feel safer because that pitch is used not just for the first team. It's used for their youth setup, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. The the ladies' teams, you know, a lot of training goes on in there. So they're just trying to make sure everybody that comes to that stadium feels as safe as they possibly can, and you've got to take your hat off to them and congratulate them for it.
1: It's something that the company behind it hope that, you know, Hamilton Acquis are trialling this, but they're hoping that maybe other clubs will have a look, you know, the thermal cameras you get elsewhere, but Mm -hmm. other clubs might look at this and think, well, walking through that doesn't take coronavirus away, but it reduces the risk
2: yeah, and plus the I think that walking through that, probably going onto the pitch, as a player, it gives you that little bit of, you know, confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone is a bit, you know, panicky at the moment and, and you see players down in England, some of them are, you know, a bit frightened of going back to training because of obviously family members and you can totally understand that. But if it's just a little thing that gives you a bit more confidence, going to your work, Alison... Then why not? Yeah. You know, why not try it? And uh, as I say, I've got to say, Hamilton Naki's are always up there leading by example for me.
1: Let's go back onto the phones. Robert Mary Hill's given us a call. He's a Partick Thistle fan. Hello, Robert.
2: Hello, um, how are you
0: guys tonight? Good, Hi, thank Robert. you.
1: How are you getting on?
0: Oh, I'm good, thank you. Excellent. I'm very And um, just hearing that point with Hamilton Naki, is it hmm. Lounslitz? You know, quite a good encouraging thing, you know, for football. Um, But let's be honest, um, you know, we don't know when football is going to, you know, come back. Though, but it's a good encouraging point,
6: Mm
0: you know, for um, for football fans or not for fans for, you know, players themselves. So. you know for me that's quite a good you know, thing to be honest
1: absolutely absolutely um, what what was your point tonight Robert? I know you wanted to talk about Partick thistle in the new season
0: yeah um, you know for me like being a Partick thistle fan um mm-hmm. you know uh, you know fans are saying oh you know being in league one you know be a bad thing but for me um If you are relegated as a football club, you know, if you are poor at the end end of the season, if you are poor at the end of the season, you deserve to be relegated. So, for me, our standings right now, we deserve to be relegated.
2: Well, Robert, I'm I'm going to disagree a little bit. I feel for party Thistle. I've said it from day one. Um, I disagree with both things. In the fact that you know, if we get into yeah. League One, you're losing jobs. If you get into League One, uh, financially, it's very poor for Partick Thistle. They're a full time team. Um, you know, players' contracts will probably have to be looked at. There'll be players that will need to leave the club. They won't get the the quality player they're looking for because they won't have the finances to do that. Um, I just feel sorry for them. The fact that yeah, they're down the bottom of the league. I do believe that, obviously, this season is very difficult. People have crowned champions. People have to get relegated. But the situation party Thistle were in, it wasn't their fault that they were one game behind, Allison, Because they had to play in a cup game, one of these. Is it Iron Brewer? Tonex Waiver, whatever it may be called. Tonex Caramall Weaver Cup. whatever it was. And it wasn't their fault that they were involved in that. So I feel a little bit grieved from it. I feel, you know, sorry for them. But, as I say, going down to League One for any club, especially Partick, and Partick are a real decent club, mm. decent support, as I say, full-time players there, some really decent players, uh, and I think it'll be testing times. And it's not guaranteed that if the leagues stay the same, because you're Partick Thistle, you move down in our league that you automatically jump back up. So I think it's really testing times for Partick as well.
1: Thank you to Robert Mary Hill for his call. Once squeeze in London, more caller. I've got Alan in Drumchapel. Hello, Alan.
2: Hello. How you doing?
1: Good, thank you. Um,
0: uh, and I've just got a quick point. Is mm. um, I've got am got my I'm going to get my new season ticket renewed for Ibrox for next season. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I just I what I've heard is it's like going if the season starts again for next season, it might be behind closed doors. Yeah. But I, I would, for me, I would rather prefer and wait until all this is over and then start the season then so all the supporters can come back into the grounds again.
1: So you would rather delay the start of football so it might mean no football until 2021, for example? example because 50,000 yeah. inside Ibrox, that's a, probably a long way off Gordon, let's be honest yeah, it about is, it
2: but remember we've got a, um, a sky deal as well Alison that yep. we've got to look at with uh, millions of pounds for the, the, the top clubs uh, so we've got to look at that, I totally understand I said earlier, uh, you now realise that football's nothing with, without the fans but yeah. unfortunately it's a business as well a, uh, Yeah, and but unfortunately just the situation that we're in just now It may be a case of, you know, starting off behind closed doors and then gradually building the support up as we go along. Mm -hmm. But I think we've got to look at positives and say, one, can we get football going again? That's the most important thing. Once we're up and running, then we can obviously add to it a little bit. And just now the fans will suffer. Well, we're all suffering Mm -hmm. because we all love the game and you, you, you appreciate it more when it's not there. Uh, so I think that the beginning of the season will probably start behind closed door, and then we'll have to move on from there. Alan, Small will you steps.
1: still still renew your season ticket even if if it is you know behind t- closed doors games first off?
0: Yes, I will, but I just don't know, see how it will work out. Basically,
1: mm-hmm. like, maybe. I think we appear to have lost Alan but you know he's making the point we, none of us know how this is going to work out we don't know they're they're looking at it at the moment I know that Neil Doncaster has a and Ian Maxwell have meetings with the Scottish mm. Government tomorrow to try and look at this now things have been eased a little bit it's about getting players back to training first and foremost
2: well the starting points the 10th of June Alison yep. um, and I think all clubs especially top tier clubs are starting to plan for you, you hear John Kennedy assistant manager Celtic they're all planning for the tenth of June, and hopefully they can get back training. It'll be difficult in the beginning because it will be, you know, small small groups, uh, isolated, and you know, different coaches, and where it may be, it's, it won't be like the normal pre season mm-hmm. routine. And players will just have to get used to that at the beginning. But at least it's a step in the forward direction, and that's what we're looking for. And uh, as I say, we never know what's coming in in the months ahead. But we're all keeping our fingers crossed that, you know, by the time August comes round, that we can start football Mm -hmm. in some manner of means, whether it's behind closed doors or whether it's in front of small crowds, and then build it from there.
1: Now, the Premier League will restart on the 17th of June. The top flight clubs down there met earlier, agreed to play the remaining rounds of the current season.
2: Yeah, but they're they're in a different situation from us, Alison. There's a lot of money down there. Um, You've got... Obviously, you know, the fact that they've got financial benefits that they can test players non-stop and staff and everything like that. So they're going to try and get their season finished. And I totally understand mm-hmm. that. But in Scotland, it just was not possible.
1: Yeah, financially as much yeah. as anything else. I think the two rearranged matches, Aston Sheffield United and Man City, Arsenal will be the ones played first and then a full round of matches on the weekend of June the 20th and 21st. No fans, of course. Yeah, well. no
2: fans at a Manchester City game. Well, I'm used to that, Alison, <laughs> when I played down there at Main Road. So I know how that feels.
1: I mean, it gives gives the fans something to, to watch and hopefully I think the BBC are going to show some of the games, which is something that hasn't happened since the inception of the Premier League.
2: Well, well, well uh, everyone I spoke to, all tuned into the German football. Now, I'm not a great lover of tuning into German football. I like to watch it now and again. Mm -hmm. But the last Saturdays, twice Saturdays there, I'm sitting there watching it, watching different games on a Sunday. But I'm certainly looking forward to the English Premiership starting again. And obviously Liverpool are going to be crowned champions. They want to go over a line. They've got such a lead. Uh, But it's just good to watch some football.
1: Absolutely. It will be a bit strange as well, but they will finish their season and they're not kind of a shorter pre season then in terms of
2: the new season. Well, the players have had their holidays. Uh, yeah. I think every player will be just desperate to get back to work, Alison, get back to normal, get back to doing the sport that they love and they'll get paid very well for.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's about it for tonight. Gordon, what are you going home to do?
2: Um, I'm going home to watch Netflix have a cup of tea put my feet up and uh, probably practice a little bit of chipping in the hall for tomorrow for my golf game. you
1: are you're going to look out all your kit you're going uh, to get your trousers or be short i will be, be short tomorrow night
2: Alison so yes, I'm looking forward to it you have no idea
1: I'm sure many others will be doing exactly the same tomorrow we'll enjoy the sunshine but remember stay safe as well that's about it for tonight thank you to Gordon I will be back tomorrow night with Alex Ray Callum Gallagher's up next Scoreboard.
2: With Thompson's personal injury
3: solicitors, your comeback is on. Talk to